We back, man. Episode 17? 17. Yes, sir. We got the great... Joseph Gambo. Oh, I was going to say the great Wilson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got Joseph Gambo here, former boxer, current cut man, and matchmaker. Matchmaker and corner man, too, And right? corner man, yeah. What else you do, Joe? <laughs> Tell us, tell us a little bit about matchmaking. Uh, for the people that don't know out there, what what exactly does that entail? It's something I would, would wish to my worst enemy. <laughs> it, it makes you put a, uh, a comedy spin into in the matchmaking. It, it makes you feel like that high school kid that asks girls on a date, ask, call them, uh, you know, you meet them, you get their phone number, and say we're gonna do some business. You want to fight? Call and call them for a fight. They sound like they're with it. The next thing you know, they don't call you back. Or next time they're like, "No, I'm not interested." And then you call for other. You call a boxer. It's just it's the same concept, man. The same feeling when they say no. You know um, what, Joe? I do. I do. Like as far as oh, go ahead. I do the same thing here, matchmaking for the amateurs, uh-huh. and I'm stressed. I'm losing hair by the second. <laughs> and what you do, what you do is even at a higher level with pros and with money. Honestly, the headaches are the same. The headaches are the same because you have the same, you hear the same excuses. You know, obviously in amateurs there's no money, but at the same time everybody wants to get the right opponent. Yep. They want a guy that that's right there in front of you. You know, you basically tell them because I want a guy that's right there in front of you, slow, can't punch. You know, has no defense. So I mean. It's, it's the same thing with, you know, whether it's amateur or pro. You do get some fighters that just don't give a damn who they fight. They just want to fight. They want to get better. and Or they're just very confident in their skills. So those are the ones that keep that kept me going as far as uh, being a match figure. But for everyone like that, uh, so I'll give you an example. Evan Rodriguez, a super middleweight contender. Yeah. He's a match <laughs> Whoever you think we can beat, we'll fight. So I, basically, you have the, you know you have the you're driving the car. You just tell us what we fight. We're, that's it. You let me do my job. No problem. Then you get some guys that like to be protected. I don't want to. I can't really say names, but of course, of course. You can see, you know, you can see who you know who's very uh, sensitive. <laughs> and very, what happens is when you're uh, when you're a fighter, you need someone like a big brother figure. Uh, like I'll give you an example when you're a little kid you know, I don't know if any of you have big brothers but for entertainment purposes the big brothers would let make the little brothers fight you didn't want to fight but you had to mm-hmm. so the big brother goes, has to say something to you like, to make you fight to so, say hey man you're going to have to step up you're going to have to do this or you fight me and, and 
you know, at home or do some, say something like that. Yep. So with the, the people that, that, re, that were very timid of fighting, that's what some, some of them needed. And some of them got it, and some of it don't. And sometimes the people that don't, when they finally got to a big stage um, in their career, they, they, uh, they froze because they weren't used to being tested uh, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Joe, what's the reward as a matchmaker? Is it does it pay good? Is it worth it? Well, the thing is, I was working for a big, you know, at the time, the company I was working with was, you know, they were they were the hot, they were the hot, the hot uh, promotion, promotional company. Um, basically, it's this right here. Ah. <laughs> you know, but you, you get you, you know, in boxing, you don't really get thank yous from hey man, thanks for taking care of me. You don't get you know, maybe occasionally get an envelope. On holiday time, from a, from a management team. I remember one time I got a I got an Xbox. And I was a video gamer back then. They gave me a when the, the new Xbox came out. They he, the person knew I was a you know a video gamer. So next thing you know, he came in uh, with a bo- with a big box. But here you go. I'm like, what is this? It's an Xbox. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Joe, you don't Somebody do matchmaking no more, do you? But you know, honestly. I just like seeing fighters succeed when they're from, from the bottom all the way to the top and better themselves, better mm-hmm. their careers. Because uh, we all work as a team, whether it's the management, the trainers, the cut bands, everybody in That's true. That's true. Remember, I, like, you know, Wilson, I grew up like, I don't know, Isaiah, I don't know your boxing background, but, you know, as a boxer, you know, I, we grew up in this, so I know the struggle. Mm-hmm. I know what goes on. I know the headaches. I know the problems. Mm-hmm. What goes on in you know, with a fight. So for you know, everybody has diff- everybody has problems, different problems here and there. But the same, you know, at the end of the day, everybody has the same level of issues in life where they have to put that aside and it's time to fight and move on with their career. They're ready to go. And I like to see fighters that you know. I just like to be involved in success. Are you are you still matchmaking now or no? That's- Six fighters. 
want you to be part of it. I've done my research on you, and I like what you have done in the past, and I think you could help us. You basically said we could go, we could go to the whole next the whole next level. And what he told me his plans, what he wanted to do with the fighters. I see he really had a genuine passion and a genuine a genuine love for the, for the game. So I was thinking, what should I do? Should I join the post? <laughs> get get the safe job of being being a mailman, and then eventually try to work my way up to you know being into the office, or I want to be back in boxing. So I'm listening. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I'm debating, debating. I listen to my heart and my passion, which is which always been boxing. Mm-hmm. Let me give this one more shot. Uh, the you know, I could get, I could get, a, I could get a job anywhere anytime uh, after this. So if it doesn't work, I can go back. But this kind of position, working with this man, you know, you know, someone could just, someone could just scoop in there, and next thing you know, it blows up. And uh, was that six years later, split team management really blew up. And the thing is, I, I feel I'm a big part of it. And on top of that, I more. Uh, Everything I want, uh, more closer to the to the fighters. I'm like more in tune with them, uh, part of their team, basically. Nice, Joe. I remember in 1997 when I fought Gabriel Rodriguez at the Garden. You were in the front. You're a I... punching machine, my <laughs> I was waiting the next year to see you know see you uh, graduate to the open class because uh, I had when I fought 112, uh, I was really like 108 pounds. I could have easily made 106, but I really wanted a rematch with uh, the open class winner. I forgot his name, but uh, at the same time, I wanted this. I, I seen when I seen you fight, I'm like, it's a punching machine. I want to see, you know, like I always like to see people elevate themselves to the next level. And I thought, you know, you would have been, you know, because I was ready to, ready to retire because I had to, you know, I just wanted one more pair of gloves. And, but I wanted to see, see you you know, mature to the 112 and the 119 open and, you know, eventually go to the, go to the Nationals because your style, you know, it was, you had a pro style, but you do so many punches that you weren't able to make it work in the amateurs. Yeah, that weight was tough for me to weight make. <laughs> 112 was tough, man. I remember that uh, that day of the Garden that I couldn't even make weight. I was like 118 to fight 112. And I had a, I had a the garbage bag, jump roping in, in the bathroom. Let me run outside. Uh, and I, I remember seeing Shannon Briggs and said, yo, what are you, what are you doing out here? You're fighting. I said, I, I can't make weight. I'm like 118. Oh, man, that's that's going to be tough, man. That's going to be tough. And then he told me, he said, look, get on that number. <laughs> <laughs> and have have one of the trainers put it on your behind. The animals? <laughs> Yeah, he, he said. He said. He said uh, the fight is about four hours away, so you know there's gonna be a problem for two hours, but you're gonna make the weight. And I did. I I did do that. <laughs> my coach put the damn and on my behind. Oh man! <laughs> Shout out to Shannon Briggs, man. That's <laughs> I appreciate you, bro. I just saw Joseph uh, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, at the uh, at the uh, awards in uh, Ring Eight, Ring Eight yeah. Awards. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations! I was very, I was very proud of him, man. Yeah, I mean, congratulations, yeah. Thank you, thank you. It was funny because I, mean, I always, always wanted 
We still look the same. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Joe. I am an owner of a gym. I train fighters all, all day long here. The fighters now, I'm going to say, we have about 50 guys here that fight. Out of 50 guys, there's really four or five that are, that are serious. Mm-hmm. Back then, in our time, right in the 90s, a lot of guys were fighting. Even guys that weren't that good were fighting, but they were more serious. They were more committed into their training, into sparring, into fighting. Now, I have to chase people down to spar. You know, and it's embarrassing. Sometimes I get people coming from far away to spar, and then these guys disappear. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way as, as I, I do? I, I'm just thinking it's when uh, we were growing up. Like when I, like when I was in uh, the amateurs, I started off at uh, Lost Battalion Hall Gym. It was always work for me, but I was a small guy. Uh, but then when I moved to Gleason Gym, you had uh, Lionel Odom, who was a six-time Golden Glove champion. We had Kevin Kelly, Reggie Tour, the Acevedo family. There's three of them, too. At that time, it was three of them. I had Judah, the Judah family. Dad was only like 15, 14, 15, and he had all his brothers. So everybody wanted a, everybody wanted to get at each other. And then on top of that, when you spark Gleason, you get, uh, <coughs> say, Edwin Verouette and all the all the other trainers get in, they start yelling, so it's like a real fight environment, which is, they prepared you, so when you get in, when you get in a real fight, you know, you hear the hostile, you know, you yelling and everything, it's just like another day in the gym, but with respect to what you're saying is, the fighter, you know, I would say when I was there, everybody wanted to fight, even though you, you knew people weren't going to do this for a living, but they had that, because they just wanted to win, they like bragging rights, they like winning the trophy. They, they, you know, just I don't know a lot. Just like some people's goal, just to fight in the garden. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, now it depends. What gym, I think it just depends what kind of gym you are. If you're like a cop, Sosa's cops and kids, there's always work there. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in, um, uh, uh, what's that gym? Either Gym X is always work there. You have uh, Gary Stark Simmons. In Staten Island, there's work there. It's just depending what kind of work you want. Yeah. But uh, I know there's other gyms where you just got people that just go to the gym just so they can tell their friends or their girl that, you know, you know girls that they're trying to talk to. I mean, we had those back in the day, but it was, you know, those guys would get run out of the gym. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, there's a guy here that I saw a post just recently on Instagram. He's like, he's 8 and old pro. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't this guy fighting in the amateurs? 8 and old pro, sparred with Pacquiao, all these people. And I, and I call, it's like, dude, why are you posting things like that? This is not true. Oh, you know, coach. No, I don't know. Why are you doing that? Now he he blocked me from the social media. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I Yeah, you can't hide. You can't hide no more. <laughs> or, or, or you know you get guys that are, it's just it's one of those things like if someone a real fighter could put that that much effort into the social media account they do good because a lot of the thing is I tell these fighters you gotta you gotta promote yourself because we can only do so much as a management you're promoting promote, sometimes promoters don't really do too much promoting only you look at Floyd he wanted he he didn't get promoted the way he wanted to until he, he did it himself. And he bought out that contract from the top rank. And I think it was like $750,000. But uh, that was the best seven hundred. I think I think, it, I think the investment paid off. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Are you, are you training anybody currently that's a, a prospect? I'm sorry? Are you training any, any fighter right now that's a prospect? Showtime. I believe it's 10 o'clock on uh, Eastern Time in uh, South Dakota. We have uh, our drill home tools in the 2016 Olympic trial. I'll be working his corner and cuts and wrapping his hands. I don't know if you remember Raul Marquez, 1992 Olympian. He's a showbox commentator. His son's going to actually make his pro debut, so I'll be working his corner. Nice. Dope. And, uh, there's, uh, there's a quite a lot of Fundamentally sound, trains hard, 
Um, still learning, but the thing is, he, he was a, I believe he was a national Golden Glove champion, and he's about 25 years old. That's a kid that you're gonna watch out for. He's still learning, but at the same time, he got a lot of power. He got a lot. And at night, he, once he matures, he reminds me a lot of Larry Holmes because he has a nice snappy jab and a hard right hand. Mm. Just he just needs a little more experience because he lost like uh, during the COVID and injuries. He lost. He lost. He's been a pro for like three, four years. He lost two years because of uh, injuries and the COVID situation. So uh, just keep an eye on him. I, I, cut, I mean, I wrapped his hands, and then the next day in Philadelphia, I wrapped. Uh, I mean, I worked on the cut man and the hand wrapper for Ray Robinson. So how many people can say they wrapped and worked with Ray Robinson? <laughs> Question: Does he? I know Ray Robinson, but is he related to the real Ray? No, nah, he's not. He's, uh, yeah, that's a that's a heavy that's a heavy title. <laughs> no, I said that's a heavy title to put on yourself. Anybody complain about your hand wrapping? <laughs> no, 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 not so far. Everything I do is legal. The thing is, I don't really rap. I don't. I, I tell them from the get go. I don't rap to make you punch hard. I, I rap to protect. I wrap your hands to protect your hands. If you could punch, you can punch. Yeah. Uh, like when uh, the first, I'll tell you the first time I rapped Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, it was the same day as I was taking the city test, and the test was supposed to be from twelve to. Four. And then Rouse, the plan was to take the test and go right to the garden. And then Rap, it was the first time, you know, my father probably gave, gave me a shot. What happened was it started, the test got delayed, it was two to six. So I already, I was already messing with my, my mind. So when I started taking the test, I seen I wasn't going to finish. So the next thing I know, I'm doing abacadabra on all those, on the, on, on the answers. Next, I know I feel I feel uh, my phone buzzing because I put it on buzzing. It, it was it was them saying, "When are you coming? When are you coming? When are you coming?" So uh, I basically just advocated it all the way to the end, and I just I, I feel I think I did it like in like an hour and a half the whole test, which is supposed to be a four hour test, and I, I sprint I, I just jetted to the to the garden. And I was already there. Basically, he was all warmed up, waiting for me. I was all, I was, I was in, I was in no kind of mental state right now. So I didn't do that good. I did an okay job, but I didn't do the job I normally would do. And on top of that, I shanked him uh. with the scissor. Yeah, I cut him twice on his palm right before. So I'm just like, I'm not getting this. I'm, I, whatever chance I had, I didn't have. I just blew it right there. But you know, he won by a knockout. Same time, though. It, it, it was cool about it. Um, the father was cool about it, but I didn't rap him until he broke his hand. And the thing is, the father, you know, 
I, you know, that's like family to me. So they gave me another shot. I, you know, we did a trial first, see how we liked it, loved it. So he said, um, so let's see how the fight goes. And if my hands are good, you got the job. And it was the Mason Menard fight in the garden. I wrapped him. Next thing you know, he had the knockout of the year. Mm-hmm. I look up, I said, what's going on? He goes, you hired <laughs> And I, I wrapped his hands ever since. Dope. Um, I know there was a, quite a few people that tried to, you know, try to see what they could do. But he's like, nah, Joe's my guy. How many other famous uh, fighters you wrapped their hands? Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Okay, I, I, I actually wrapped two of your your cut, your, your fellow, your brothers. Uh, the one forty, uh, Subriel Matias. Okay. Subriel, the one forty. I wrapped him in Showtime when uh, when he fought uh, Malik Hawkins, and the other guy, Emmanuel Rodriguez, the bantamweight, who got robbed because my countryman, Neymar um, Caballo. I wrapped him over there and I worked the corner. And then uh, another one is Chris Clayton, who is one of his, one of the top welterweights in the division. Uh, there's rumors of him fighting Jerron Ennis, but that's another guy I work with. I worked with uh, Patrice Volney, who was who just fought with the the, the IBF Eliminator in uh, the undercard of Terence Crawford versus Sean Porter. So the thing is, what I what I've learned is. The best thing you could get is experience. That's what I I gather. Like I've been in the big state. I've been at top of the top of the mountain. I worked in the TV lights were all up on you. You know when it's people like trying to rattle you or trying to you know question your hand wrap. But, but the thing is, in the beginning, I didn't know how to handle it. Now you know I just tell someone to you know just you know shut the f up. And, you know I know what I'm doing. I know what's legal. I know what's illegal. And I, the thing is, I. If I do something, I'm just doing it everything the right way. Because I want my guy to win. I want to protect my kid's hand. I don't want him to win the right way. You know, there's, no, there's no room for any illegal activities. Because boxing is a dangerous sport. I couldn't live with myself if something happened. Yeah. How, how long have you been doing cuts? Oh, uh, like five years. Five, six years. And the thing is, once I first started doing it, a lot of people, you know, some people were helping me. But then I noticed the more, more I got into it, because I, I, I get a, I get a little uh, obsessive, whether it was like wrapping my hand, wrapping hands or working cuts. Like I do a lot of research. I, I only got a couple guys that still like you know just help you know help. That I had a couple guys that mentored me, Danny Davis. Uh, Good guy, Danny Davis. Uh, Danny Davis actually was in the amateurs when I was in the nationals. I was a little kid. He was. He was at he was a he was at, I think he was the number two uh, guy in my weight class mm. fighter in the weight class. So it's, it's straight boxing's a small world. Yeah, Danny Davis is a good friend of mine. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. I love that guy. That guy's great guy. He's a great hand rapper as well. One of the best. So you know, I like watching. Like I'll I'll just sit, I'll literally sit in a. You know, when someone's rapping, if, if someone can really rap, I'll just, I'll watch. It's just like, that's my entertainment. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a, at a fight, I'll just go to the, I'll just go to the, go to, you know, ringside just to watch how, the, you know, how the corner acts, how everybody acts in the corner just to see, you know, what someone's doing, 
what's making him do good. Because I, I, I've been the I've been the main guy in the corner. I've been the assistant. I've been I've been the last guy, and you know, just basically carrying, the, picking up the bucket and bringing it down. But you know, I try to do every. I, 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 Last year, last year we went to uh, one of my guys uh, had a pro fight in Florida with yep. uh, bad promotions, and um, what was it, Miami, right? Yeah, you you Miami. actually you actually did some good hand wraps that day. And I was hand wrapping, I was hand wrapping. I had the whole the whole athletic commission in Florida <laughs> circled me, circled around him. And I was like, oh shoot, am I doing something wrong? And the old guy next to me saying, no, this is actually the best hand wrapping I've seen. In a while, I said, well, I learned this hand wrapping from Teddy Atlas. He's the one that told me how to do this. Uh, funny story about the t- how I learned. So Teddy was wrapping some, uh, one of the kids' hands, right? He was showing me how to really properly wrap the gauze. Because I asked him, show me how you wrap with the gauze. So he said, I want you to wrap Timothy Bradley's hands, right? He was training him for a short time. So I wrapped Timothy's hands, and it was just like garbage. <laughs> then he, he unraveled it, made it into a ball, and threw it right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> told me, he told me, get the hell out of this gym, you know. I, I, he literally spent like a good hour and a half showing me, kind of you rap. know. And I still messed it up until <laughs> we get the hell out of the gym. But he, you know, he took me back again. Yeah, no, he's, he's a rough, rough guy. He's a perfectionist. So I understood. I called him again. I apologized. He, said, hey, he settles down a little bit. He goes, all right, kid, come back again. And then I finally got it down packed. And, you know, he's like, yeah, it could be better, but this is better than the last crap you did, <laughs> you know. But, it yeah, it yeah, it's, easy. It ain't easy. it's not easy. It should be man- I think it should be mandated for every trainer to learn how to wrap hands. For the butt. Muhammad Ali, 
uh, Floyd Mayweather, Adrian Broner, Paulie, Malinaji. It's all, it's all mind games. Yeah. I, I went in the mental state before you even get into it. What nationality are you, Joseph? I'm Filipino. Uh, Manny Pacquiao fan? Of course, of course. <laughs> this guy here, this guy, this guy here is a Manny Pacquiao hater. I'm not. I'm. I'm not. <laughs> we just, we just have a difference of opinion on some things. But I, I, I respect Pacquiao as a fighter. He's a, he's an all-time great. He's a Hall of Famer. For me, Pacquiao, I don't have a, a number one, but I have a five guys. Right, uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Pacquiao, Aaron Pryor. Right. Mm. Evander Holyfield and Henry Armstrong. Those are my five guys. Well, look, the thing is, Aaron Pryor and uh, Henry Armstrong, that was like your style before. Yeah. yeah. A million punches. I'll tell you a, fun, a great story about Aaron Pryor. When uh, I was working, we, uh, we had Aaron Pryor fight Edwin Rodriguez on ESPN. And we're all flying. We all there was a big storm in uh, the fights at Key West, and whatever the airports near Key West, it was closed because of the storm. We had to fly to Miami, and I happened to be getting off. I had to rent the rent the van, and Team Pryor was com- coming, so I got to drive from Miami all the way to Key West, which was like a three and a half, four hour drive. With uh, Aaron Pryor Sr., Aaron Pryor Ju- Jr., Bashir, uh, Bashir Ali, who is a Krom trainer, mm-hmm. that trained, that trained uh, who was involved with the, the Klitschko's, he was involved with, you know, with all, with all of that whole team. And I'm just hearing stories, like driving out of First, Bashir sat in the front, then Pryor Jr., we went to eat. It's just, I, it, I was like, you know, Aaron Pryor was one of my, you know, my favorite fighters. So I'm just like, I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. I'm driving with the whole team. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm having dinner with Aaron Pryor Sr. And, you know, basically all of them. So this this career, like, I'm living the dream. And I got to meet a lot of the fighters I looked up to, whether it was uh, Mike McCallum. I met Lister Stone Bramble, Ray Google, Mancini. She's uh, the list goes on and on. I'm just like, wow. I'm like in the dreamland sometimes. Like, wow, I can't believe that was my fighter. I still, like, Buddy McGurk was one of my be- be- uh, favorite fighters. Now he's one of my best friends in boxing. Every I, I could always count every every you know every uh, birthday, Father's Day, and so forth. Like I get to be exchanged text messages and we talk all the time. Nice. It's a long I fell a Long Island, but well, I'm an adopted Long Island. I, <laughs> I always claim Jamaica Queens all the time. Only Long Island when it's convenient. But uh, you know he's a fellow Long Island as well. Long Island's first world champion and one of the great one of the great trainers out right now. Buddy, Buddy McGurt is a great guy. I got a lot of pictures of him. I got a post. Very, very nice guy. Uh, last time I saw him, a few years ago, um, he had this satchel type of purse. Mm-hmm. The, the man purse? <laughs> yeah, Louis Vuitton. I said, what the hell are you doing with that? <laughs> anyway, he's, uh, you know who's Bob Duffy, right? Of course. Yeah. So me, Bob, and Buddy McGurt are taking a picture. So I said, uh, I have a video of you t- uh, doing pad work with me when I was younger, buddy. So he tells me, and he was tipsy. He grabs me and he goes, eh, I got a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Buddy's a kid. Buddy's a kid. Yeah. 
His family is wonderful. His sister, his daughter is wonderful. Uh, his wife. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. Yo, before we get out of here, um, no, we're not leaving. We leave. I got a, I got a set of questions I want to I want to get to before we get we out. Lot, we got we a lot. Of time. Yeah, got I want to get time. these. I want to get these out because I try to ask everybody. Uh, every show we do, give me your five favorite fighters. No particular order. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> He's one of my favorite fighters. I remember him. One of my favorite fights is when he fought uh, Frankie Warren in the rematch because the first time Frankie Warren, they fought in Corpus Christi, and basically Frankie Warren just mugged him. But, you know, but, but he was just a slugger at that time, and he was trying to go forced, but uh, Frankie Warren had you know, five feet was stronger, but he couldn't get his punches off. So after the losses, he took the loss as a lesson. So he learned how to box more. So the next time they fought, they still fought on Corpus Christi. He boxed. And he came out victorious on the 14th round knockout and uh, became the Long Island's first world champion. Uh, 
obviously Pacquiao. I like I like Pacquiao. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, Larry Holmes. Uh, I finally got to meet him at the at the awards dinner. <coughs> my son was there, and my you know, I always told my son you know, he only won, he had two good punches: the right hand and the left jab. Oh shit! You guys there? We here. We here. Yeah, I tried it. posted something today, right, on Instagram about Usyk, and I'm going to post it about, um, of course, the Kleskos and, and um, Lomacheco. Now, they were, Lomacheco's going to fight Gambosas, right? And, uh, yeah, there was a lot of money, and he left that money on the table to go to fight in his country. Same thing with Usyk. I, I look at these guys now, and I already respected them. I look at these guys yeah. like heroes. Yeah. Heroes. I cannot see a, a Mayweather or Deontay Wilder actually do what they're doing. Well, that's that's a different conversation. Yeah, stay home. Joshua. Tyson Fury. I'm sorry? What do you think of Tyson Fury?
you know, that kind of energy because someone that big, you know, it takes a lot of energy and strength to maintain that, that level of energy for 12 rounds. Joe, what's one fighter that you – by Tyson Fury? I think I think he's one of the, and this is a controversial statement, but he he's in my top fifteen, top ten heavyweights of all time. I think he gives any heavyweight in the history a problem. No, I can see that. And I'm a I'm a diehard Evander Holyfield fan. I think he gives every one of those heavyweights hell. At six foot nine, with that that Good speed, boxing skills, that boxing ability, not scared. It's tough. Could back up the talk. You know, he's a pretty smart guy, and he, and he could take a punch. He could take a punch. He's not scared to lose. He's not scared to get hurt. He's a gypsy. He's, yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's and a he, rugged and he's, guy. He's got a great trainer behind him too. So that's another yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, his trainer is, uh, right now is Jaden Hill. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. But, You know, I met I met uh Sugar Hill, uh in the not the ring in um the one in the city in the city right. Oh man, what the hell was that? The the award show, the BWAA awards, yeah. and we had a long yeah. conversation, and I told him, you know, his 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 uncle was gonna train me, and uh, I spent uh about three or four days with him. And we did pad work. We talked a lot. And he told me, he said, if, if you move to Detroit, I promise you in two years, you could beat Prince Nassim Ahmed and all these guys at that way, 126. But you know what? I was scared to go to damn Detroit. <laughs> I just didn't want to leave New York. And that's one of my biggest regrets, like not going with the great Emmanuel Stewart. I had Hector Roca, who was... Where Tudo Gotti. The thing is with Hector, Hector never boxed. But you count how many world champions he's trained. Yeah. I can't even count on my hands because he's trained that many. I love the guy, but we, we, him and I used to bump heads all the time. He used to play dominoes and, and like, oh yeah, keep shadow boxing. <laughs> I'm like, Hector, <laughs> I need more attention, bro. <laughs> but but Emmanuel Stewart was amazing. Yeah, I, mean, I got to spar with Zab, with Kevin Kelly, with uh, Junior Jones, uh, even Paulie, you know. I got, got to spar with all these guys. I got to fight a lot of these guys. Um, you know, Arturo Gatti I wound up being very good friends with. And uh, um, it's a shame, you know, he, he's, he passed away. Um, I remember Arturo Gatti hit me so hard, my, <laughs> my mouthpiece shifted. And I chipped the tooth in the back from from a hook. No, I remember. You know what? When I first started training, at least it was like '91. He was there, and back then they were always. He was, you know, he was he was just fresh out of the amateurs, and he was just they, they would, Hector would always have him working on his defense, don't throw no punches. So I didn't. Nobody really paid him no mind. And a couple years later, next thing you know, he's fighting on uh, he's fighting on the, US, the USA Network. 
to charge this thing. Yeah, we don't, we don't want the our iPad to die talking. here. I'll keep talking. Yeah. So, yeah, man. <clears throat> Hector Rockard is amazing. He was a cyclist. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I know. Like, like, every time he'd come, he'd be like, campeon. So, like, you know, that was Hector. Remember, Hector used to train Buddy when he won the world title. So, uh, like, when I went in the, in, the, in the gym, these guys were, like, celebrities. Yeah, he was, uh... And, and, you know, next thing you know, I'm sparring their guy, and they yelling against me, Gleason's is a is a popular gym, man. They had they had a lot of great fighters there. I remember when I first went to Gleason's, I was fighting at the uh, I think it was the Metros. I fought at, at Gleason's. You know they they had it there. Uh, they had a lot of great gyms, man. They had the Batanzas Boxing Gym, St. Mary's Boxing Gym. Um, yeah. They, they, had, uh, uh, which they had a lot of, they don't have as many gyms, but a lot of, you know, the gyms they have, it's a lot of compact work. They, you know, the, a lot of them, some of them have, like, all the work you need, where you don't have to leave. But, you know, I mean, just, but everybody, you know, they go to everybody else's gym, like, go to the social gym for work, this kind of work. They, uh, I live in Long Island now. They used to have, like, I could go to the gym, I'd see, uh, you know, at the time, uh, Danny Jacobs, Patrick Day, God rest his soul. Uh, let's see, the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sergey Derenchenko, uh, Kitrov, uh, Eugene Kitrov. Like, they'll be sparring. Oh, this is just like five minutes away from my house. Like, you know, I remember everybody you know, goes to each other's gym and just gets some work. Who do you think is the best fighter in the world right now? Oh, Canelo. Oh, <laughs> he's he's not. I respect he's him. Not. I respect him. He's a, he's he's a hell of a fighter. He's a hall of famer. Um, yeah, that that cows me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we just had a, a Doug Fisher. Doug Fisher from the Ring magazine. Yeah, Doug. In an interview, and he actually explained it. He, he had a hat on, so hat on. I, I don't know. <laughs> but but he explained it in such yeah he explained it with such detail that it convinced me that Canelo possibly didn't do it that it was uh he wasn't aware of it or you know I mean sometimes you hear it man and you're like oh man this guy did yeah. it yeah. you know but the way he explained it to me and then he said how Oscar Valdez was looking to sneak away of that while Canelo was more up front and, 
you know, hey, test me as much as you want. Yeah. And he didn't get lawyers involved. He didn't get yeah. lawyers involved. So, you know, it, it kind of changes your 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 mind from what you thought before could have been, you know? Yeah. I would hope, you know, I, I would hope that he's not doing it because that's like just, I do appreciate, he's not a tall guy. He's a shorter, he's one, he's like, our, you know, he's like around, he's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's making bigger guys miss, stronger guys miss. Like, I think Bovall is a tougher fight than both Charlo and Benavides. But Golovkin at this stage is just, he chose a hard a hard, one, hard one fight and then the easy second fight. Yeah. But with, uh, with, with Charlo, uh, Charlo and Benavides, it's two tough fights. So he just chose. Let me get the. I, I, I'm assuming he, he chose. Let me get the the hard one out of the way, and then you know I'll, I'll smooth sailing when I fight Golovkin. Mm-hmm. You you think numbers. after Golovkin you think he's gonna fight maybe the winner of Benavides and uh, Charlo? Uh, I, you know what the thing is. Let's see. From what I know, Benavides is supposed to fight uh, David Lemieux, so he should win that. Yeah. I don't know what's next for Jamal, but you know Jamal. But you know what a funny story, Jamal. When he turned pro, I remember him. He was he was twin. That's what he used to call call me all the age. It's twin. Nobody wanted to sign him. He was just he was like a just strong, tall kid, green, worked hard, worked very hard, worked very hard, and just you know I like you know he he, he was tra- he had a great trainer and Ronnie Shields. And, you know, by the time, he, you know, I seen him when he was like three, four, and oh, and it was just like, if you seen him there, you wouldn't, just think, you know, it's just a tall, raw kid. But then by the time, by like 18 fights, he was, he, he always could punch, mm-hmm. train hard. He, he got a little more season. Uh, he was the one, he was the chunk, he was the <laughs> one that could punch hard. Uh, Jamel was the one that could box, but couldn't punch. But, you know, now they, you know, they got, you know, as you get older, you get stronger. You learn how to turn over your punches. So now they, they, they pretty much both can punch. But uh, Jamal is someone that came along, came along the way because he was, he was a guy that nobody wanted to sign. And you know, he, he, it's one of those things: hustle and be successful till they want to mess with you. Who? So now everybody wants to be a part of. Who you think is the number one? Who you think is the number one prospect in New York right now, as far as pros? You got Belanga, you got uh, Colbert that just oh, lost. Colbert, Sabaya, yep. Brian Sabaya. Brian Sabaya. Mm. He's, one of, he's one of them. Brian Sabaya. He just, he's been off for a while. He's going to be fighting, I believe, in a couple, in a month. But Brian Sabaya, he, you know, he was one of the big amateurs to come out. And he had a big win. He had a couple big wins in his career so far. And but then he's been off for a while. Yeah, he actually, uh, him and his trainer, they own a gym in downtown Manhattan, about, about, uh, about NYC. And there's a... Uh, can you hear me? Yep, we're here. Okay, yeah, no, they, they actually own a gym, a successful gym in downtown uh, downtown Manhattan, I believe Wall Street. But, uh, you know, he's another one that's not just relying on boxing. He has other, other his, his sites on other businesses. So when his boxing career is over, he got something to fall back to continue uh, staying in, staying in boxing. 
And on top of that, you know, he just he's just, just a very articulate kid. Sings, <coughs> uh, plays plays uh, plays the guitar. He does you know, does a lot of things. College graduate as well. You know, so he's, uh, he's, he's uh, one of the next level athletes. Well, Joe, we're gonna cut this because the yeah, this we, thing keeps freezing. We're, we're about to lose power soon, man. I'm going to the Amanda Soriano fight. Yeah, we're going to that one. I, I believe we have a kid there, uh, Khalil Cole. Uh, he's a light heavyweight that knocked out the Olympic gold medal, the two-time Olympic gold medalist uh, from Cuba. I forgot his name, but uh, it's on YouTube. We knocked him out with one shot in the first round. But uh, I believe he, he'll be fighting there, so hopefully I'll see both of you. Yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, man, we'll be we're there. Stay in contact, and hopefully you can come down here for the April 2nd uh, Ringmasters. I uh, would love to see you over here. Um, and I'm very proud of you, man. You're doing great. It's it's, it's always an honor. And yes. I'm just trying to, you know what I'm doing? I'm just trying, to, uh, just trying to inspire everybody just to take their career into the next level. Because there's always, you know, I was in high school. In, well, high school, I was, I was a kid always cutting class just because <laughs> I just didn't want to go to school. Uh, I, I I regret it now because it, that you know high school prepared you for college for work I and mean, then college prepared you for for work I mean for work so now like, uh, I was a, I was a pretty good co- uh, college student but the thing is I didn't know like I said I didn't know what I wanted to do but when I found it in boxing a lot of the stuff I was doing as far as the workload in college is what I'm doing right now in boxing so you know it, it, I found my way here. Thing is, I found a career that I wanted to do, and I'm just happy living the dream right now. And the way I, the way I came from high school to to, to college, and then now I'm here, it's I, I'm just I feel blessed, honestly. It's the brotherhood, bro. It's we're in the brotherhood of boxing. That's it. No one would understand us. <laughs> I gotta start wearing them. Yeah, I gotta start wearing them. <laughs> you gotta Well, because for the next event, here, April 2nd, if you come by, I'll wear my gloves. I'll, I'll wear mine. I'll wear mine as well. All right. All right. We'll be in touch. Definitely. Yes, sir. Absolutely, brother. We'll see you at the fight. And we're, and we appreciate you. Thank you, Joe. Likewise. Anytime. Anytime.